nights when one drink with the girls turns into a bottle, but you need your car for brunch the next day. There's pickup. Or at Friday work drinks, where you don't want to leave your car with expensive tools at the pub. There's pickup. Don't miss out on the fun. Get a pickup. Simply book on our app, and we'll pick you up to drive you and your car home. Two drivers arrive, one drives you home in your car, and the other driver follows. Download the pickup app today. That's PKUP, and wake up worry free. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. It's uh, been a bit of a uh, welcome to a week because uh, following uh, Anthony McDonald on the last show, we have Bruce Stewart, who is Team Principal and Commercial Director of Walkinshaw Andretti United. Welcome to the show, Bruce Stewart. Thank you, Tony. Great to be here. Nice to uh, catch up with yourself and Greg. In these very strange times, uh, it, uh, racing is not quite as much as we'd like, but uh, there are promises that it's going to be get going again soon. That, uh, the first thing is, uh, before we start about the racing as such in 2021, We'd like to go back and uh, retrace. You've given us an inkling of an idea of your background, but tell uh, our listeners that uh, your history as to how you got to be a commercial director at Walkinshaw Andretti. You're not Australian-born, but you have close liaison with a country that's not far away. Yeah, look, I'll be very brief. Uh, I'm a Kiwi, and I know that can irk a lot of people. Um, uh, because there's this best uh, balance between Australia and New Zealand and, uh, and many sports. I came over when I was 20 to play cricket for the Melbourne Cricket Club. Um, I thought I was going to be pretty good and I, in fact, wasn't. But you know what, I've, I've met a lot of mates and I got involved in working in sport in Australia and effectively got into the Melbourne Football Club uh, in a commercial role um, in the late 90s and into the 2000s, made the grand final and then through luck, um, I happened to meet uh, Mark Gaith and, and, and uh, his wife, Tony, and we, uh, my wife was having a baby at the same time as Tony. And after uh, getting to know them for a while, I was working in uh, harness racing and I was approached to go for a role at Walkinshaw Racing and the Holden Racing Team, the famous Holden Racing Team. So you can't turn down an opportunity like that. And what year was that? That was 2008. Um, and so I've been around the team for a long time, you know, almost uh, 13 or 14 years now. I went away for a year um, to uh, get get my weekends back and uh, try and spend a bit more time, family time, and, you know, try and uh, live a life outside of motorsport. And I reckon within about a month of being out of it, we were actually away uh, on holiday, probably my second month I planned a holiday at Byron Bay and, as my wife was walking away with the kids to the beach, and I, I said, look, I'll just watch uh, a bit of Friday, first hour at Bathurst, listen to Crompo and, and everyone on the on the TV, and I'll, I'll come out. And as she walked back in in disgust at 4.30 in the afternoon, and I'm still sitting in front of the TV, she said, I don't think you've uh, lost the bug for this, have you? And I, I said, I, I don't think I have. So it's an amazing thing, motorsport, like I wish I could say I'd grown up racing and, and doing karting and, and a lot of the things that I enjoy with my kids now. But um, I came into it late, but, my God, it bites you hard. And, uh, you know, it's pretty infectious stuff and you can't get out of it, nor would I want to get out of it love it. 
the thing you told me about earlier on was that your wife has a complete understanding of motorsport, doesn't she? Yeah, she comes from a family of Speedway solo riders and her father raced in New Zealand with Ivan Major and and they, you know, her brothers probably looked at me as if I was a bit of an intruder and sort of a, who, who's this guy, a cricketer, going out with uh, the sister. Um, but I think I got my credibility stakes much higher when I started working for HRT and then they started to think oh, he, he could be okay. So um, thankfully I've stayed in motorsport um, because I love it, but equally it, it works well with my extended family, so uh, it's pretty good. You don't get a contract into Australian cricket teams very easily, so you might have been a bit self-deprecating with the standard of uh, your own cricket game when you uh, talk about your teammates. Yeah, I, I, I played with a few um, reasonable cricketers who played for New Zealand and all that when I was junior and, uh, you know, uh, coming up through representative cricket, you know, Chris Cairns uh, and uh, Astell and uh, Chris Harris. But um, one of the interesting ones is that when I came over to uh, probably play over here and um, and played with the Melbourne Cricket Club in the lower grades, mind you, uh, I got to know Brad Hodge, who was the young gun coming up through there and, uh, I often see Hodgie in the in the paddock now when he in, he's interviewing and he's doing some work for the TV guys and um, we still have some laughs about some stuff you know we we did as young guys and he's a bit younger than I but um, great guy and man he was a cricketer. Do you follow the cricket with a passion or as much passion as you were following motorsport when you're at the beach? Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I do, and it's embarrassing. I mean, uh, you know, a few people in the old HRT days used to wind me up about the underarm, and, and I know it's February the 1st, 1981, at 4.56pm that that happened, and uh, and so the big chip on the shoulder being a Kiwi is still there. It's embarrassing. Um, people wind me up about it all the time, but, yeah, so I, I am <laughs> passionate about it, but uh, thankfully I can uh, get my real enjoyment out of motorsport and uh doing what we're doing at Walkinshaw and Ready United and working with an amazing group of people. And the thing that uh, both Craig and I and most people in pit lane know is that while you might be self-deprecating about your own cricket standard and things like that, the one thing we do know is that New Zealand's well and truly bat not only above their average but also well above their uh, international uh, standing uh, in the performance that you uh, put in. And I know that as a team principal where you are now, and as the commercial director, you've got to be playing very, uh, very heavy level to uh, achieve what you have and to give the blokes who uh, front up for you and Jazz Mostert and Bryce Forward to give them the tools to go and do the job. So congratulations to you on achieving that standard because uh, it's quite something. You've now also got the international partners in Zach, Zach Brown and, and United Autosports and Michael Andretti. Uh, that's pretty phenomenal sort of stuff, isn't it? Oh, it is. It, it, you've got to pinch yourself, you know, when you – I have uh, almost fortnightly catch-ups with uh, Ryan Walkinshaw and Zach and Michael, and uh, and sometimes you go, wow, you know, like uh, to be able to, you know, feed off those guys and the experience they got is just extraordinary. So um, I'm, I'm very lucky in that respect, but equally got an amazing team here at, at our team, like uh, – and I know you spoke to Macca recently you know people like Macca have been around the team for you know 12 15 years uh and are the heart and soul of it they're the people who were through the good and the, some of the harder times at HRT and they still have the passion and you know it's I'm very lucky to be surrounded with a lot of people like that um who are really good 
and talented at what they do, whether it's engineering, mechanical, commercial PR, whatever it may be. And uh, my role now is just to try and help my team to be as successful in their individual endeavours for the team as they can be. So I just facilitate them with, uh, you know, whether it's financial resource or whatever and get out of the way. I'm not going to tell anyone how to engineer a car or or to build a car because, quite honestly, I probably don't know enough. Oh, I don't. No, I don't. One of the things, though, Bruce, that you obviously have put in train and the things that um, Macca was very appreciative of yesterday talking to us um, in that the uh, commercial partners you have in the business, um, people such as Palm Trans and the impact that they had in being for you to be able to keep doing what you're doing, the team competing. Um, that must be tremendously uh, uh, heartening for you to have that sort of level of partnership. Well, I agree, and and uh, I'm wrapped. You, you said that. I mean, we are very lucky. And you, you, whether you've got mobile who are who are been with us for 28 years, like if you can just imagine how quickly businesses change right now, whether it's in the social digital age. Um, but mobile been with us for 28 years since 1993. And how much that business has evolved and changed and how it's still changing and evolving right now, I mean, extraordinary. And so uh, I'm just lucky to be someone who's involved in the business who can help those brands continue to get value out of motorsport. And then we've got new partners like Palm Trans who, you know, uh, integral in helping us move around Australia. But everyone contributes, you know, whether it's appliances online, middies, um, truck assist you know we we integrate them into our race team but also our road car businesses where possible uh and i'm well we're very lucky to have their support because you know to get uh sponsorship or partnership dollars in this market is very hard and thankfully we got very loyal and i guess engaged and passionate partners which leads us to on to 2021, that it, it's been very trying times. Mac has taken us through the logistics of what he and, and the guys who work on the uh, cars have to do. The, this year's calendar is in very different to last year because they're not on the road uh, for that long period, but uh, being in lockdown in Melbourne has uh, made it difficult, but at least the guys are seeing their families. Um, yeah. One of the things is, do you have an opportunity to have an input into the calendar? Or have you uh, had that chance to, to put your what Walkinshaw would like? Well, th- thankfully, uh, the, the people at Supercars, and particularly Sean, are really open and, and pick up the phone when you call. So, yeah, if we have insights, ideas, um, we'll call. But uh, as far as input, it's it's I guess it's more collaborative. You know, if we think there are opportunities or we think of ideas, they're always open to it. Um, and thankfully also, you know, Sean and his team are dedicated and focused and going to make sure we deliver um, the full number of events. So um, I guess they've just got to see how it plays out. You know, we're at the uh, mercy of what happens in regard to this uh, pandemic and uh, how it evolves throughout each of the different states. But supercars have shown themselves to be super nimble and uh, very, very supportive in moving teams to be able to get rounds done. I mean, as recently uh, as the teams going on the way en route to Darwin and uh, stopping off in uh, regional New South Wales or even uh, the second Townsville event, you know. And so um, we as supercar teams, I I guess, 
I don't think it's the time to be directing or pushing for you know what we think will work for us. It's our time to be collaborative and supportive, and you know uh, work with them to deliver it because it's in everyone's interest to have a full calendar, full year, and deliver for the fans um, a racing season that they'll remember. One of the uh, things that I, I saw mentioned for uh, 2022 was the possibility of uh, the uh, being a double header, for instance, in New Zealand. Would that be something that you'd be interested in? Well, yeah. If, if a second ago, I'm saying we, we can't think of our own personal interest, and you know that's a tough question for you to ask me because yeah, of course I would. I'd love to see uh, a second round there because so I think there's um, uh, whether it's Pukekohe or Hampton Downs, or even if you get down into the South Island, um, you know that I think there's some to Highland Park. There is some amazing tracks. So uh, I'd, I'd love to see that. But again, it's got to work in with uh, the plans and the budget and the TV capacity of, of our sports. So uh, I'll leave it to the um, team at Supercars to find the best solution. They have all the metrics in regard to eyeball viewing and um, you know understanding the capabilities of the TV guys and girls. And that's uh, one of the key things. I mean, we're in the business of entertainment. You know, we've got to put on a show that people buy into, that they enjoy, they live and breathe, and it's exciting. Um, so whether at Hampton Downs or Barber Gallo, um, if someone's turning on the TV, they've got to go, you know what, I'm going to sit down and watch this. So um, because otherwise, if we can't put on a great show, you know, it makes it a lot tougher to run businesses like we do and to put on um, a supercar season like we've managed to do. We might just touch on the subject now obviously uh over a year ago ryan came out and said he'd like to uh, or more than a year ago this is two or three years ago where first talk about camaro and no we can't do that can't do that then it changed and now camaro will be the uh, general motors product racing against the mustang in 20 or the second half of 2022 um there are obviously commercial interests involved you're building uh, road cars for uh, uh, using the General Motors product and also Volkswagen. Um, but the overall, uh, what's looking forward to the Gen 3, as it's known, um, that seems to be something that you could obviously work in from a commercial point of view. So uh, are you saying, uh, are you talking about manufacturers or are you what, what, what are you talking about in regard to um, the product? Basis for your race car. The fact that it's now go ahead for Chev Camaro and at this stage you're still involved with uh, making road cars uh, right-hand drive? Yeah, yeah, totally. So we, uh, our business and, and Ryan's uh, Walkinshaw Automotive Group, uh, super, super successful business in expanding across a number of brands, um, you know, building uh, Chevrolet Silverados, um, but equally, um, you know, Rams and uh, V-W580s. So, um, you know, they've got an amazing business in regard to uh, adding value, whether it's, uh, you know, left to right-hand drive conversion or, or uh, in essence, creating Walkinshaw packs on cars. Either way, um, we have you know strong ties with GM, but also we have strong ties with many manufacturers. So um, you know, I think through what happened with the uh, the 
you know, the sad um, passing of, of Holden, um, it put some uh, testing times into his business. And uh, what he and his team have been able to do has just been amazing. Like, um, I'm super proud every time I, I walk into their, their business, their factory, because um, there's more and more people and it's busier and busier and you can just see how well it's going. So um, we've got a, alignments with many manufacturers. At its heart, we have, you know, um, the Holden Racing Team was, was um, our team for, you know, 20-odd years. So, um, you know, certainly we're very close with GM. Indeed, and I, I remember vividly wandering around uh, New Zealand in the 90s and the early 2000s, and everywhere you went, if it wasn't wearing a team Kiwi gear, they were wearing HRT. There's only two flavours for them. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And you still see it, you know, like um, if, when we're racing this year, you know, you'll have people coming in a modern team kit, but I'm, I'm really big on um, the one or two people that you seeing every pit tour wearing a, a famous HRT shirt, and I'm trying to guess whether it was a 2007 or a 2008 toll shirt, you know, like, because, yeah, it's part of our DNA and it's something we're very proud of. Bruce, I'm interested, because you had that involvement with the Melbourne Football Club, and yeah. whilst it was a few years ago now, it's I'm fascinated by the fact that every football club in the AFL has a car. They've got a car, and yeah. it's normally prominently on their jumper, which means they've paid a, a fair whack of coin. But we don't see a lot of support to motorsport, which is where their product is uh, showcased in, you know, not the way it used to be, but it's certainly showcasing automotive and automotive uh, endeavours. What, yeah. What's your thoughts on the fact that football can get the money and supercars are struggling, or motorsport in general is struggling to get manufacturers to want to buy in. It's a really, really interesting conundrum, isn't it? Like, uh, and I, I agree. I, I see it. I think there's 13 or 14 automotive brands in the AFL alone, and um, you know, just knowing the protections they have around Toyota and the AFL, um, you know, sense of being a major sponsor of the whole sport and the value you have to bring in in the car brand to be able to say you sponsor, whether it's the Demons or the Bulldogs or whatever it may be, um, means that there's a fair bit of money going into it. I think the challenge that we have in this day and age is that um, football sponsorship, uh, you know, whether it's in Europe and you're talking about Barcelona or Real Madrid or, you know, um, the, I think the automotive manufacturers get it. It's a way of building consideration to a wide fan base and creating offers and and just bringing your brand and, and certain models to the fore in regard to the car buying market. The challenge we have down here is when we talk about it in supercars is that when we start to look at how we integrate um, automotive into it, things come up uh, about like we need the shape and we want to use the shape and we want to race it. Uh, meanwhile, uh, around the world, electrification is coming in, and so sometimes it can get quashed from afar because people say it's uh, you know we want to move towards electric models and look at Formula E rather than um, racing in V8 supercars. And so um, we kind of uh, miss the game a little bit because we're not 
running on a brand play. We're actually um, talking about brand and product. Um, so it's an interesting conundrum. I, I agree completely, uh, Craig. You know, I'd love to see more car brands in it. I mean, I know our team um, has an alignment with, uh, you know, uh, Volkswagen W580 this year in regard to it, and it's in a different way. It's not on the race cars because it doesn't make sense if you're on a ZB Commodore and you're, you know, you're talking about a certain model, but maybe that's a way that it will evolve that um, the car manufacturers will look at um, the people we talk to and the sporting market and go, you know what, there is a message we can have to those fans of whether it's DJR or Triple Eight or Tickford specifically to sell a car model or a car brand. I'm sitting here now with my Carlton sweater on. Now, for many years, I couldn't look at your cars because of the wings and the Holden involvement with a football team that uh, is known as the Filth in my football club. Wow, that's tough words, tough fighting words, Greg. But... What did that crossover? You had the rugby league involved as a as a whole, and then the Collingwood Football Club on your car as part of the Holden package. What did you see in crossover and and ability to be able to then do more partnerships on that level of uh, on that level of sporting uh, prowess? Yeah, it certainly makes sense, and it certainly was effective. And we, there were ways that we collaborated with NRL. And I think we ran two bonnets. We ran a blue bonnet and a maroon bonnet at one round. And uh, we certainly did uh, some stuff off off the track uh, with uh, Collingwood as well. That's was facilitated by Holden, and they did a great job with that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we've got to start thinking in those ways of collaborating if we're going to bring some, um, I guess, manufacturer um involvement back into the teams certainly um you know i think to run a manufacturer's shape um is the ideal you want to bring a shape and a model in front of all the fans as a means of consideration to to make it appropriate to the you know australian automotive carbine market who follow supercars but if you can't bring that to the fore because of various forces from overseas and internationally and you know um then maybe we've got to think of other ways to uh to facilitate it looking now to 2022 and the second half of um the uh homologation team for the next uh, general motors product um is, is working uh, hard to uh, get that underway so testing will begin i think it's still mooted to uh, testing in november or october um, yeah. But I was interested to see some comments that Ryan made um, about the uh, paddle shift. Now, as we well know, it's a uh, part of the new specifications that is not divided. I think it's very lopsided uh, that uh, part of the uh, paddock and that mainly drivers and engineers uh, don't want it. In fact, most definitely don't want the paddle shift. And Ryan recently came out and said quite publicly that he feels that the only team that is wanting the battleship are Triple Eight. Have you got thoughts on that? Have you discussed this with him? Yeah, we we, uh, discussed this a lot. Um, I probably won't um, point it 
to Triple Eight like Ryan did, I'll probably just say, look, we're as I said before, we're in the business of entertainment. It's got to be exciting and it's got to be something that the fans can watch and feel involved with. And I know that one of the things I fell in love with with this sport is when you go in car and you see how active it is. And I know that whenever they show a lap of whether it's Tassie, you know, through to a long lap of Bathurst with Gizzy in the car, I'm amazed. I'm amazed with him through the bars and and running the stick and how he controls the car. And for me, it still gobsmacks me every time I watch it and go, wow, these guys are super talented. So um, in that respect, I, I just think whatever we do, we've got to make sure that it's exciting and that when you go in the car, it just doesn't look like you're, you're in a um, Carrera Cup car or a GT car that you go in there and when you're in car, you're like, wow, this is exciting because whether it's Chaz, Gizzy, Brycey or whoever it is, when you go in the car at the moment, I'm like, holy hell, these guys are working hard for their living. Over your time with the team, how has that changed? How has it in your opinion, become more professional in the front office to what it might have been when you first walked in the door? Or has it not really changed at all? Well, many things change. Um, in the commercial sense, I think sponsors and partners are more sophisticated and have clearer objectives for their partnerships. You get less what we would call irrational or by-the-heart sponsorships. Someone at the top just makes a decision and they, they uh, put their brand on a car everything has to be justified and we're in a digital age. So social media and measurement is a huge part of what we do. So in that respect, we have to be disciplined and feed information to our partners and uh, be analytical about what works and what doesn't work. And I can see it when I even look at you again, you look in car and you see how other teams are running their in car and how that will work for them in a, in a brand, a value sense, and you, you applaud some of the stuff that's going on. So I can see that it's not just us, it's how we operate uh, in a commercial sense up and down the pit lane. But then secondly, when you look at um, how we operate engineering-wise um, and mechanically, but you know, most pertinently engineering-wise, more and more simulation, more and more, I guess, insight into getting the car as good as it can be before we get to a track because we have limited time and sessions before we get into that first qualifying, particularly in these shorter rounds. And you don't have time to spend all Friday in two or three, three quarters of an hour sessions trying to find the window. You've got to be close enough that you can shoot it in there pretty quickly um, or else you're going to have a really tough weekend. Do you then have to uh, change and particularly with COVID, do you have to change the partnership and the agreements so you can't do the in-store promotions, you can't do the at-the-track promotions the way we have over the, the previous 10 years? And does that then have an impact on the bottom line of what you can offer a sponsor in a financial sense uh, or what they can offer you in a financial sense for the return of investment? Well, it certainly is a collaboration with your partners and succinctly you've got to use other assets and find other ways to add value or else you are going to have that bottom line conversation. So unless you can work with digital to, um, you know, instead of appearances um, in stores, let's do appearances at your sales conference. 
Let's have appearances when you're doing your weekly Zoom um, meeting. Let's have appearances when you're engaging customers and presenting. You know, like it's how can we use our assets to add value for your team, uh, for your, sorry, for your business, um, even though the connection or the direct contact might be a little bit harder. So we've just got to be, think outside the square and um, think of ways that we can help our partners create value and interest and engagement with their uh, specific targets. You know, um, and that's because in the end, people use uh, their sponsorship of a race team to create demand. They're in the business of demand creation. They're using us as a tool to help them get more opportunity to sell more um, widgets or whatever whatever they move. And, you know, so if they can't use an appearance to help bring people into store and help them buy incremental parts and components, then how can we use a digital world to still add value that creates demand in different ways? So um, we've just got to be nimble and think outside the square. Otherwise, you get to a point where you start talking about everything you didn't do. And that's um, a tough situation because race teams run very lean budgets and um, and partners expect results or else they'll go and do something else. So um, you've got to be nimble. And to that end, would it ha- or has there ever been a time where you've actually looked at two drivers and said, this one doesn't want to do that partnership building, this one will but might not be able to give you the results that the first driver has, but you've you've picked the second one because holistically it's better for the team. Uh, yeah, I, I personally haven't. I, you know, because, um, but I can understand that. You, I, what, what you're really asking is, is the commercial side of a driver an important element in making them attractive to race teams? And, and yes, it is. It is, you know, that's whether you're Bryce Fullwood, who's an all-round uh, amazing Aussie guy from Darwin, but a beautiful young kid, to uh, Chaz Mostert, who's uh, well-known, a larrikin, big personality, you know, lovable larrikin Chaz. Um, but in both of our guys, I know that um, when they go and do appearances or they do things with their respective sponsors and partners, they they put their heart and soul into it. No one, um, nothing look, looks worse than when someone is in an appearance, but in body only and not in mind. Um, you know, that's that's a terrible way to be and, and you get called out for it. So I'm very thankful and lucky that we've got really engaged, you know, awesome drivers who understand it. They understand there's a big part of it and they're genuine about it. They're, they uh, they want to add value and, and uh, ensure that everyone comes away from whatever they do with a partner and go, that was bloody good. Bruce, uh, a, a time that uh, predated you in the sport, I was there when uh, it was happening, it was when uh, Thomas Mazira was lent to uh, John Trimble to drive uh, at Bathurst. Uh-huh. And uh, John John was an interesting character. I don't suppose you would have met him, would you? No, no, no. But I'm, I know to- Thomas, of course, and uh, yeah, he's a bit of a yeah. legend. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Thomas is his, his inimitable style. Uh, he presented a hold with the fact he wanted to go and drive for uh, John Trimble, and uh, there was one sort of stumbling block, and um, it, 
one of John Trimble's businesses didn't quite align with the whole image that they were seeking. And I won't make mention what it was. Um, I know John and his son Michael well from those days in the 90s. But um, a, a compromise was found where, where Thomas could drive for John Trimble, but it was with a brand called Bottle Magic. Now, everyone in, wow. in the paddock sort of wanted, what the hell is Bottle Magic? Well, it had nothing <laughs> to do with a, uh, a, a ladies' entertainment lounge uh, in Elstonwick. <laughs> It was another business. It well, was a different era, shall we say. Um, well, I think Bruce, I think that, that era is gone, though, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah, because you've got to you've got to play a very straight bat now. So the 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 grid full of very well dressed women is a is a thing of the past. It can never come back. Oh, I think so. I think so, and I think that's a that's a day gone by. You know, I think the more you uh, see of it, you know, it, the more awkward it looks uh, when you look back at it. Um, I think you know we've come a long way, and in regard to uh, how we operate with families and females and equality, and I think you know um, it's it ain't coming back. It was funny there when you just when you thought it was gone, supercars signed up Forex. Uh, there you go. There you go. But I think they're doing a different activation forex now, aren't they? You know, it's not the um, the old forex activation. I, I think I saw something did I see recently at uh, one of the rounds. But yeah, I certainly focused more on um, the product than uh, you know the entertainment side of it. I was uh, fortunate enough uh, in my era, starting as I did in the early nineties, covering uh, motorsport. Um, to, to know uh, Tom Walkinshaw and say one of the highlights of my working life in pit lane was when Robbie Benson, who was then a chief of engines at uh, Walkinshaw Racing, um, said to uh, Tom in pit lane at Eastern Creek, he said, oh, uh, you know, Tony Whitlock here. And he turned around and said, oh, the facts man, you mean? And I couldn't have been paid a bigger compliment because I didn't care <laughs> he didn't know my name. He knew what I did and that was, that was what I loved. But, uh, um, yeah, Bruce, um, uh, yeah, it was uh, wonderful to talk to you and learn more of your story. And I, uh, I certainly look forward to at a time exchanging towels of New Zealand and the long white <laughs> cloud, not knowing yeah. you'd hidden that under your bushel, hadn't you? Well, yeah, the, the accent doesn't come out until we go across the ditch, and then it's really strong, as everyone in my team tells me. They're going to put it on, but. I don't know, you know, um, maybe, maybe it's just been put in the corner when I'm over here. So uh, I face too many bounces and short pitch bowling um, to let it come out too often. Anyway, well, thank you, Bruce Stewart, for joining Craig Bell and Tony Whitlock and Inside Supercars. Enjoyed it enormously, and we look forward to the, you getting back on a track with your boys and uh, going out and kicking some ass for uh, Walkinshaw and Jordan United. Bruce Stewart, Stewart, thank you so much. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Craig. Love being here. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.